Hey gang, Melissa Hanault here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six figure income around my nine to five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief but now operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts, to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. And we are live. Oh my goodness. So much fun, you guys. I have... Colin Boyd here with me today. Hello. Um, welcome, Colin. Hello. Good to be here. Yes, absolutely. You guys, so Colin is an expert, an expert on persuasive speaking and selling. As a matter of fact, Colin, you don't know this. I haven't told you this yet, but Colin spoke at my Mommy Millionaire Mastermind that I'm a part of at the beginning of this year. And some of the kind of infusion selling that you taught I actually brought back to my own launch for my LinkedIn Method Academy and to my the two launches that I've done. It was very profound. The 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 impact of the formula that you follow that's so natural. But so just to take a step back, Colin is a I mean you're like a global speaker on this, right? Like you you're you and you're from Australia, right? Is that right? I am. So it was about three years ago we moved from Sydney, Australia to California. So we're in Newport Beach at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. So Colin, you guys, I really want to dive in. So Colin, what we're gonna do, Colin has an incredible story uh, for my burnout to all out listeners. I know we're streaming live within the academy so folks can engage and ask questions. But Colin, I would love to, before we get into the content that I think that folks are really going to get a lot of nuggets from, and everybody get your pen and paper out because you're going to want to listen. I want to get to your story because your story is so inspirational. And obviously, like storytelling is like your thing. You're so good at it anyway. So this should be a lot of fun. (laughs) But take us back to your days in Australia. Take us back to life before you were the the amazing speaker and trainer that you are today. Yeah, well, uh, I was working in a nine to five and I had this desire to do something more with my life. As much as my job was okay, I just knew that I wanted to make a bigger impact and create more freedom in my life. And at the time, I was actually studying life coaching. So I was just fascinated with life coaching and the whole methodology and so forth. And the problem was, was that I didn't have any clients. Well, I had one client. Now that one client would see me irregularly every other month and then pay me irregularly every other month. And so, and so I'm living in this two bedroom apartment with my, I was newly married and I had these big desires for what I wanted to do with my life, but I just honestly felt stuck. I didn't know where to go. And what happened was I ended up getting a, a opportunity to speak to, uh, to an audience. It was a friend gave me a free speaking engagement referral and I, got, I took it up. I said, yeah, that sounds great. 
And I remember walking up the stairs to this this evening. Uh, it was literally a dark and stormy night. My wife's on, on my arm, you know, I'm, I'm on her arm basically because uh, I'm freaking out, completely freaking out. I'm thinking this is not going to go well. And the, the event organizer runs to me and he goes, Colin, you wouldn't believe this. This is the biggest turnout we have ever had. There's 137 people who are coming. And this is, this is bad news for me because what, what that meant was I'm just going to look like a, an idiot in front of more people. And so, <laughs> and so what happened was I spoke on the evening. I think I spoke about you know principles of success or something like that, right? And at the end, I made an offer. And what I didn't realize was that, that the offer was irresistible. The way I'd crafted the ideas and, and the messaging I made an offer and it ended up being irresistible. And what happened was from the 137 people, 125 of them gave me their personal details to have a conversation with the next steps of what I was talking about. And from there, I ended up signing, there was about, I think, 15 coaching clients. Hewlett Packard called me four days later because someone was a finance director in the audience. Because by the way, you never know who's in the audience, whether it's a virtual stage or a live stage. And so... Four days later, I get a call from HP. I worked with them for over 10 years, flew around the world with them. But really, it was that moment when I realized that that using a stage, a virtual stage, whether it be a webinar or a live stage or a presentation, is an accelerated experience of onboarding people into what you help people with. And so that's when I got obsessed about this idea of what does it mean to speak in a way that moves people into the things you help people with. Mm, so good. So good. Okay. I'm going to have to pick your brain about what you think about Clubhouse Center here in a minute about speaking, but I want to, so let's go back. What I want to kind of unpack here, because I love your story, but that moment that you, you, you bet on yourself. So you, there was a segue from that nine to five to life, becoming a life coach. How did you discover that calling and what gave you, for lack of a better word, the balls to like about face from nine to five and bet on yourself? Can, yeah. we, can we talk about that a little bit? For me, it was a transition. So for me, I knew I needed the knowledge first. And so I didn't want to just go out and just do it with absolutely no knowledge. I needed some support. And so for me, I actually signed up to a, a coaching program. In fact, at the time, I think I was on a, I was earning like $30,000, right? So I'm earning barely any money in my nine to five. And I signed up to a $15,000 life coaching program. But I knew because I'd had people refer me to this program, say like, it's unbelievable. Like it's, it's such a transformational program. And then also I checked it out and it just looked right for me. And at that point, my wife and I had a conversation and we were like, are we going to bet on ourselves? And I think part of, part of being an entrepreneur is, is having that guts to, to bet on yourself because being an employee is you're betting on the company to stay in, you know, stay in doing what they're doing so that you can mm-hmm. keep your job. But mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur and going out on yourself, it does require a level of faith mm-hmm. that's when you act. And what's what's beautiful is, I mean, I love that metaphor of, you know, we always wait for our ducks to get into a row, like that whole idea of, oh, I want my ducks to get into a row. Right. But the only way the ducks get in a row is when the mother duck makes a decision and heads out and all the little ducklings start heading behind. They, they, they run behind it. So when the mother duckling goes, you know what? We are on baby. Let's do this thing. And you make a decision. That's, that's truly when magic starts to unfold in your life. 
Mm, so good. So we actually just talked about this in Clubhouse with Kayla and her mommy millionaire room about when is that that pivotal moment that you like bet on yourself, invest on yourself. And so I love that you knew at a very early age that you had a calling and that you were taking and that's like the entrepreneurial spirit, like taking that calculated risk, right? That calculated bet on yourself. And what I love about this story too is like the support of spouse, yeah. right? She was willing to support you in, in that investment and make that transition. Yeah, it's then, tough to do it alone. And whether whether it's your spouse, whether it's a good friend, whether it's a group like like you know that you host and I host, like that it just makes such a difference because your environment sets the temperature or the speed at which you run. I, I kind of say like you run at the speed of your pack. Yeah, And so in cycling, when I used to be a lot into cycling, I know for me, you, you join a cycle pack and they just make you go. Like when, <laughs> when, you know, when you're in a tight cycle pack and they're doing 50 miles an hour down the highway, you're hanging on yeah. and you're pushing hard. Where if you join a different cycle pack and they're doing 10 miles an hour down the highway, it's just a totally different environment. And so who you're around makes a massive difference. So true. So true. Which is why, you know, how we connected because I was in that mastermind that, that brought the two of us together because I invested in a group that was raising generation, right? Absolutely. Um, I love that. And, you know, that actually, I read this really cool article that you're, you're speaking to this, but in LinkedIn the other day, it was talking about they studied some of the most successful people. And one of the common characteristics, oddly enough, is really healthy relationships with spouses. They talk about how the habits and the relationships within the home actually can tremendously impact the business. And it, so it's just really interesting. When you see a power couple, there's a reason. They're probably a power couple, right? Because and it, and it hasn't come easy. Like we've worked really hard. 15 years we've been married. It was our last, I think it was last Wednesday. 15 years we've been married, which is crazy. So I got married at 12, which is awesome. And so... <laughs> But it's, you know, it definitely makes a huge difference. And working on your healthy relationships is massive. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And Kayla has impressed that upon us this year tremendously because I know it's really big for her. Well, let's dig in then. So, you know, as far as I know that you're a master of speaking to kind of mindset for speaking with confidence. And it's a common thread, even just a conversation I had with a private client earlier today, and I have them with students all the time. We just had it in one of our group coaching sessions. We're like, oh, I get like, I come all this way with the lead generation attraction marketing. We get in the DMs, like we, we've got a lot in common. I get them on the phone, like we're gelling. They're totally in. And then like, like I'm just a limp noodle, right? Like there's like this stutter. And so I know that you're a master of mindset and just like yeah. speaking with confidence. And the other thing within my community is, you know, coming on screen and we can talk about that in a minute, but just like, can you speak to the group and my listeners in the podcast who'll catch this a little bit later around, you know, your, your nuggets around shifting your mindset and being more effective and being more confident in how you speak, which will translate into impacting your business. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a bigger structure that we can go through, but I'd love to start with this one idea that I think can change people's lives, is the idea that that you have to see selling as the only do doorway to serve in your business. Mm. Now, what I mean by that is, just stay with me here, is it, it is 
if you're running a for-profit business, a, a business that you want to make money, which is pretty much every business other than a non-for-profit, but still they have to make money. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it's, still, it's kind of like just not much profit. Is that if you think about your audience, you've got an audience that you speak to on Instagram or whatever, on LinkedIn and so forth, and you've got a group of people who maybe they've maybe they've had a conversation with you, maybe they've downloaded a free little PDF, or maybe they've done some free training with you, but they haven't actually joined your team or joined your program or something like that, compared to another group of people, which are your clients. They're the people who buy your products, who use it, and so forth. Out of those two groups, where do you see the biggest transformation? Now, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a trick question, right? And of course, it's the clients. Right, right. And, and the reason why it's the clients is because there was a moment of transition, which you talked about before. There was a moment of commitment. Mm-hmm. And the moment of commitment, the, the currency is money, mm-hmm. is time, is energy, is belief. There's this, there's this part, there's this moment of decision that a, when a prospect becomes a client or however you want to call your clients or customers, when they become a customer, that moment of decision is the fuel through which drives their transformation. Mm-hmm. And so when you view the idea that, that learning to sell effectively and when they get on the other side, that is where you can truly see transformation in people's lives. Mm. And so we come back to the core concept that I was talking about, which is that selling is the doorway to serving. And so selling is not pushy. Selling is not manipulative. Selling is is the doorway through which running a business, you truly serve your audience. That is so good. What? That's like mic drop. Mic drop. Selling is serving, right? Mm-hmm. Selling is serving. So, so good. Yeah, I constantly say, and I'm not sure where I picked it up. I might have picked it up from you, but the transformation is in the transaction. Yeah, I know James Wedmore says that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and I know Kayla's done some stuff with him, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's so true. It's, it's, it's a money exchange. And, I mean, think about this. Imagine I said, you know, I've got this piece, piece of paper here, and this piece of paper could help you to run a uh, $100,000 you know, social selling business or expert business, this will show you exactly how to do it. And it's free. You can just grab it. And you would probably download it. Like people would download it, right? And they'll be like, oh, that's cool. And then they'll look at it and then they'll put it on the side and then they'll get back to random tasks that they're doing. Yep. But imagine I said, this piece of paper can make you $100,000 this year and it's, it's $7,000. You literally have to give me seven grand if you want this piece of paper. And it will show you exactly how to make a hundred grand. If you paid seven grand for this piece of paper, I bet you would print it out. You'd you'd flip and put it up on the wall. You'd you'd you know you'd, you'd map. You'd study it. You would dive deeper into it. Like you would be obsessed about. You would go back to the person and say, "What did you mean by like point four, right?" <laughs> and the paper didn't change. The right. only thing that changed was the amount of money you paid for it, which is a currency of commitment. <sighs> currency of commitment. I love that. I love that. So good. So- and that's why it's ethical to ask for money. Like that's why it's ethical to ask for a sale. And so if you feel uncomfortable asking for the sale, because at some point you have, to, you have to ask people, would you like to move forward with this? Is this something that would fit for you? Would you, you, know, would you like to take those next steps? Even if you're on a webinar, at some point you have to ask for the commitment. And so that's why it's okay to do that. And think about this. An offer is just that, an offer mm-hmm. or an offer. I always forget the R in my Australian. It's an offer. 
right? And can you say offer? For me? I have a lot of Aussies in my academy, so they're loving this, actually. Totally, totally. <laughs> they totally get, get what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? An offer is just that. It's an offer. It's, it's for example, imagine I, we, you know, I, come, I came around to your house, Melissa, and, and, and you baked me some amazing cookies, and they were warm, and they had chalk chips in them. They were crunchy on the outside, soft in the middle, and you thought about me coming over and us just hanging out with the families and so forth. And you said, Colin, would you like a cookie? I'll just bake them for you. Now, you're not saying like you have to eat a cookie, but for me, I'm thinking that cookie looks incredible and it <laughs> smells good. You've made it for me. You've been thoughtful. And I'm like, this is irresistible. And so, of course, I want to do that. But you didn't, you didn't like grab me and, you know, like Cookie Monster force it down my, down my, down my throat. Right. You made an offer. You made an offer. And, and that's what we do. That's all we can do. We can't control people. But it all comes down to the irresistibility, which was the how you baked it, the smells, the design, the feeling that it had, the experience of it. So mm. it was irresistible when you made the offer. Mm, so good. So, well, let me ask you this, and then maybe we can kind of unpack this like six levels of persuasive speaking sure. if you want. But so to the students in my academy and to anyone listening to the, the podcast later, what do you say to people who they get to the end of a call with a prospect and they get a cost objection? Where do you think the fumble happens? Because I will tell you personally, I know you've seen this too. Like I have seen people literally put, you know, a system on their, their credit card because they were waiting for their next paycheck because it was that important to them. Mm. And I've also seen prospects who who've come from a spouse who makes, you know, half a million dollars a year and is nickel and diming you over like something under $200, right? I've also seen clients literally take out money from their 401k to invest in coaching. And I've seen other clients or potential clients who've got all the money in the world and decide not to invest, right? So like clearly uh, many times, I guess where I'm going with this is what I've learned is that many times the cost objection is there's a disconnect and the, the value to the person on the other end, right? Because mm. um, yeah. where there's a will, there's a way, and it's all pretty much figure outable if it's an irresistible offer, right? Hey, hey you, yeah, you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to interrupt for a quick second to fill you in on what's up in the LinkedIn Academy this month, along with all the modules and workshops that I put together to condense the time it will take to help you 10x your business. I've recently had three incredible world-renowned guest speakers inside the Academy exclusively coaching students to level up in their mindset. What's happening is the students are not only creating the business they've always wanted, but they're having shifts in their mindset at the same time to live their best life possible. Head to my website, live the free life, Co and click the LinkedIn Method Academy to learn more. So what do you have to say, and maybe this will back us into the levels of persuasive speaking, but what do you have to say to the people who are like, I get cost objections all the time. I get with a quote and they all say it's too expensive. Yeah, well, I mean, a cost ob objection is one of the universal objections, right? You're always going to get, you're going to get cost, you're going to get time, you're going to get timing is another big objection. You're going to get that they've tried this before and it hasn't worked, like belief. You're going to get skill level. Like, do they have the skill level? I, I don't know if I'm ready for it. Like, there are universal objections that you're always going to get. And so, first of all, I recommend 
people just getting used to handling those sort of things, like practicing. If you're doing one-on-one, it's practicing it. But for me, it is, it's exactly what you said. Like it comes back to helping. So it's communicating what you do in a way that shows the value for the audience and the, and the impact for the audience. And what I mean by this is one of my obsessions is understanding what your audience really wants and understanding what, what, what that's really about. And it, one way to do it is to even like go two steps beyond. So let's say, you know, I know one of my friends, she runs like a Pilates training, right? And so she talks about Pilates. It will make you feel good. Uh, it will give your body like strength. And even more than that, the next time you're hanging out with your three-year-old or your five-year-old, you can bend down and play with them and pick them up and feel strong and connected to your child like never before. And you won't be second-guessing your body anymore. And think about how valuable that is to you in your life right now. And so what I'm doing is I'm going two steps beyond the benefits. So sometimes we talk about features and benefits. So like the feature is that you learn how to do Pilates. The benefit is you feel strong. And then the double benefit is like this deeper thing. So that's a really cool like way to, to actually show value, especially if you're not helping people to make money necessarily. Mm -hmm. And so you go beyond the initial benefit. It's the double benefit. Another thing is, you know, in terms of the reason why people would have resistance is whenever you're teaching, uh, whenever you're speaking on a virtual stage, like it could be like a live stream like this, or it could be a webinar, which is kind of my specialization or live streams. It is, there's two, there's two purposes of a presentation that moves people into a program. The first purpose is to create desire. So there has to be like this amplified desire of going, in your ideas, you show them what's possible and the pathway to showing them what's possible in a helpful way. The second thing is you reduce resistance. And so maybe you haven't actually, through your teaching, through your social selling, through your posts, you actually haven't been addressing some of the money resistances that people have. And there's so many ways you can do that. You can do that through price comparison. You can do that through case studies. You can do that through just showing a case study of the impact of that on someone's life. Another cool way to do it is just to ask them outright, say, imagine you had this result in your life. And imagine, you know, for example, you know, you were able to bend down with your kids, play with them. You felt strong. You felt connected as a mother to your kids even more. Imagine you had that fully exactly the way you wanted it to be. And I said, all you had to do is just exchange money for it. How much would you pay? Like, I'm not going to ask you to pay this, but just tell me, like, what would be a number? And people would say, I don't know, like $5,000. Okay, cool, $5,000. So all of a sudden, I've just got a, a logical amount. And when you present your program, maybe it's 200. <laughs> they know in their mind, they'll pay five grand for that. Right. That's in their own mind, right? And right. so that's a really cool technique that we teach around just getting logical amounts, especially when you don't teach people to make money. Mm. That's so good. I know one of the things we talk about inside the academy, when we get to that that discovery call with a potential business partner, potential customer, really business partner is how much additional income per month would make it worth your time Mm. to be in the business, right? So like, and I guess that's kind of the reverse of it is like not what you're actually investing, but like the money manifested to you. But I I love that. I love that angle what you're sharing. That's fantastic. Well, and I love this discussion because what I hear you saying is a big piece of it is vision casting, Mm. right? But you can only vision cast if you've done the pre-work to know 
what their pain points are in the first place, right? So how do you back into that? Yeah. Well, first of all, it's it's actually listening to your audience and <laughs> what, what they're saying, as opposed to what you think they're saying. Yeah. It's the idea is basically you need to stop shouting because there's a lot of competition out there. And you need to start whispering the words that they need to hear in their ears. Mm. And what that means is like, for example, the other day I was with my daughter. She was at school. She's like five, super cute. She's got these blonde little bobtails and stuff. And she's running around yelling at me, right? And I'm standing there on my phone, you know, hyper-engaged dad as usual. No, (laughs) I'm on my phone texting and Georgia's yelling at me. She's like, dad, dad. I'm like, wait, I'm I'm texting, just wait. She's yelling at me, yelling at me. And so I'm not, we're just fighting, ignoring each other. She runs over, taps me on the leg and goes to like whisper into my ear. And I bend down and she whispers in my ear and she says, dad, I'm really scared to go across the playground. Can you hold my hand? Because my friends are over there. And I'm like, oh, worst, worst dad of the year moment, right? And, and so I go, oh, my gosh, of course I will. But what she did was she stopped yelling and started whispering the words that mm. I needed to hear as a dad. Mm. She, she nailed it, right? I, I yeah. teach her well. And, yeah. so, <laughs> and so what people are doing is they're trying to shout all these random ideas, but they're not actually taking the time to truly listen to their audience and go, what did, what did you want? And part of that, if it's a discovery call, mm. it's asking those good questions where you discover those desires that the audience has. If it's a webinar, because for me, how I see this process is the webinar is like a a scaled experience of showing them that there's an opportunity, Mm -hmm. there is, you've got a pathway, you understand the problem, you understand where they want to go. And then the next step might be a discovery call, or it could be just straight into the program as well. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I love that you're using LinkedIn, which which I know our our people need even more of that, is, is like pushing people into those webinars is a fantastic way to, to scale up those, those experiences as well because there's so many different ways you can do it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, and so that's a really good point because one of the things I really coach inside of my academy and within my own social selling team are these opportunity, business opportunity overviews done weekly where the opportunity is presented, right? So can you speak maybe to that just like – how how can you be most impactful, not necessarily on stage, but kind of on stage virtually on screen, yeah. right? And have an impactful presentation mm. that's going to help you close your next client, close your next business partner. Mm. Well, it is true that that facts tell and stories sell. And so spending the time, and we actually, we've got a, tra- we've literally got a training series that starts next Thursday, and Ooh. we're going super deep into this. And it's spending the time to get clear on what is the signature story, the right signature story that you should be sharing so that when people hear it, they don't hear your story. They hear their story. Mm. That's the goal. The Because go- most people think, oh, I'm telling my story and it's about me. Your story has nothing to do with you. Your story has everything. If you do it in the right way, it has everything to do with the journey that the audience is on. Now, the second part of this, which, like I said, I'm going to go deeper into mm-hmm. this training series, is, is aligning the, core, the story with the core premise or the core belief that the audience, whoever's listening, has to have to say yes to the next step. Mm. Yes. Right? And so everyone in their business has one, there's one domino belief 
that if the audience is to take on that belief, then the offer when it, when you present it is the next logical step. And one of the best ways to do that is through story. And one of the best ways to do that is through your own story. And then obviously you can have client stories and stuff like that. And so that's where I think people should start is just spending that time to understand that that story and aligning it with the core idea. So good. You know, and that's, we talk about that a lot in our, you know, in our video making inside the academy, we talk about your story, right? Like your 30 second story. And it's funny, ever since leaving your talk in January, I'm constantly reminding my students that this story that we tell, I use your words, it's not about, it's not about you, it's about them. So mm. I'm constantly challenging them to think about their previous self before they were really excited or successful in what they're doing now. You know, where were they before? they had, you know, those butterflies in their belly and the excitement of the business that they're in. Like, how do they feel? And constantly kind of trying to bring them back to that as like square one of the story, you know, when they're opening up just so they feel heard, right? Or can resonate or connect, right? So, my gosh, so, so good. Well, any, any other nuggets insights that you want to give these guys inside the academy and, and to my students who are, you know, going to be catching the, the recording later in the podcast? Yeah, I think, I mean, first of all, stories core. like get clear on your, on your core story. Another one is, is to realize that when people buy something, what they buy from you is a sense of, they actually buy certainty. Mm. And so, as as much as there's a financial exchange, the, before the financial exchange occurs, there's an there's an energetic exchange, mm-hmm. and the energetic exchange is this sense that you believe in your product and your service or whatever it is so much that people feel that certainty because everyone's got enough uncertainty already, <laughs> right? Like we've all got enough uncertainty yeah. and challenge in our life. We we don't want to pay more money to get more uncertainty. What we actually want to pay for is is a sense of certainty. And so getting to the point in understanding how your program or your product or your however your teams work to the point that you have a sense of conviction, which is we you talked about those six levels, which by the way, I'm going to go through in the training series like super deep, the six levels, is the top level is purpose. And when you have a sense of purpose, when you speak, there is conviction. And conviction is the most attractive quality of any human being. Mm. You look at any great leader in social selling, in the expert industry or whatever it is, when they talk about what they do, there is no uncertainty. Like I know for me without, with, with my program, I'm like, it's in the niche that it's in, it's the best freaking program out there. <laughs> like it's just, I'm just, I just love it. Why? Because I've just got this certainty and purpose in it. Like I feel purpose in it, right? And so getting to the point where you feel that certainty and some different ways to do that, gather gather great testimonials because getting evidence from other people gives you external validation that this program makes a difference. Another one is you move through the process yourself. So when you move through the process, you get that internal validation. And then finally, it's really getting clear on on your unique process, or maybe it's just getting clear on the journey that the audience goes on. When you understand that journey, you can speak to where they're at in that journey. And and, and all of this culminates into creating certainty that sells. 
Mm, so true. And I think that, you know, with our audience and the folks you're speaking to today with that certainty and confidence, I can take it a whole nother level and say, you know, these people that they're recruiting for business partners on LinkedIn, they're, they're sniffing you out. Are you a strong enough leader to coach yeah. me? It's, it's leadership. Me. It's leadership. It hundred percent is. Yeah. And so we even talk about that on the discovery calls with, you know, ideal prospects is if you're floundering and you don't have that certainty in your voice, you know, somebody asks you, you know, exactly how it is the business works and you're stuttering. Yeah. Don't be surprised if you can't close them. Right. So that like whole it's certainty. So is true. Huge. Yeah. Because leadership is providing certainty in uncertainty. That's the core mm -hmm. of it. And you as a leader, as a business owner, have to show them that certainty. And, and it, it comes down to your tone, to how, you how your physicality is held, even on a virtual stage. All those sort of things that people pick up unconsciously. Yeah, ah, so, so good. Well, I am loving this. Well, tell us a little bit, Colin, about what you have going on next week, because mm. I'm sure some folks would want to check this out. Yeah, so I mean, if you're, yeah, if you're really serious about learning this, if anyone's listening to this, we, I'm actually doing a training series. It's our main training series for the year. It's called How to Sell on Virtual Stages. And so specifically, it's going to be focusing on how to choose, how to choose and create the right signature stories. Uh, it's going to be focusing on how to structure maybe a webinar or a presentation or a challenge to actually not just speak, but speak in a way that draws your audience to your offer really authentically. We're going to be going through why selling at the end, at the end of any training is one of the worst things you can do and how to do that properly through the whole process. And so it's specifically for presentations and we're focusing on online presentations. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if you're really serious about that or you want to just interested and want to learn about it, you can just go to virtualstagestraining.com. So virtualstagestraining.com. Yeah, you can check it out there and love to say hello and see you inside the training. Yes, absolutely. On that note, before we get into where everybody can find you and all those things, I love asking a couple of questions of my fellow entrepreneurs. What are you reading right now? What am I reading? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, essentialism. Essentialism. You guys write that down. Essentialism. That's it great. Well, it's really all about having stricter criteria for decision making. And in our overwhelming life uh, with so many things on, the you get to a point in your life where more is less. Oh, yeah. And so at, at a, there's a tipping point in your life where you've done enough more and less becomes more. Yes. And so it's learning the right criteria, decision making, values, all that sort of stuff. And an example of that for me, we had other programs that we were doing and I've stopped doing them. We stopped doing them a couple months ago. And just because I'm like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing for the next five years. Mm. That's incredible. I just love getting new books. So yes, fantastic. Great book, Essentialism. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so good. We actually just talked about this in our clubhouse a minute ago with one of my mommy millionaire colleagues or teammates or whatever you want to call it, mastermind teammates, but she was saying mm -hmm. it. The, the, some of the most successful and richest people in the world do the least, meaning they've got, you know, the, the right structure underneath them, that they're not in constant go mode, right? That they've, they've, they've got, you know, they've, they've got it streamlined. And they're not in constant no's, you know, doing. Yeah. They say a whole lot more no's than they do yeses. Yes. Yeah. But the problem is like you do have to say a lot of yeses to get to that tipping point of being able to start saying no's, I think. 
Oh, I it's a journey. Percent. It's easy to say on the back end that to say no to more than 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 yeses. But in order to get my business to where it is today, I had to say yes to a lot and show Absolutely. up a lot and like work my ass off. So I really love your honesty about the tipping point, right? Like you, it's almost like you have to get to the tipping point to be to to then start kind of weeding out what you can and can't take on. You have to hustle, right? And your morning routine. Do you have one? Oh, well, our kids throw it out occasionally. I'm not going to lie. I've got a five and a, no, sorry, six and an eight-year-old now. So morning routine, this is what I usually do is I'll go for a run. Uh, I'll get up, make the kids everything under the sun. I drop them at school. Then I'll go for a run. What I love doing is I have like a personal journal. Is it here? Yeah, it's right here. So I, I journal for about 10 minutes or so, like write down what's going on in my mind, my heart, all this sort of stuff. I read over my goals. So I've got some goals here for goal cards and then I will do a lot of Wim Hof breathing so Wim Hof the Wim Hof app changed my life I do that once or twice a day say that uh, one more time it's called Wim Hof if you just search WHM on Apple on the app store Wim Hof so it's W-I-M-H-O-F okay and it's it, he does breathing and all that sort of stuff and it's like a little it's a you know a little paid app but it's literally changed my life I do it every day. So we do a lot, I'll do a lot of that and then and then I get into the day. So why did it change your life? The oxygenation of of just oxygen through your body at a at a super height heightened level just gives you so much energy. It's like drinking 10 Red Bulls, but it's natural. It's incredible. So do you drink coffee anymore? Yes. So I do a bulletproof coffee was the other one that I okay. that I do every day. I love a bulletproof coffee. Yes. I'm gonna check that out. I'm all about like 10 Red Bulls without the Red Bull. <laughs> totally. And I do it through the day. Like I'll have a break in the day and I'll do Wim Hof. And so I, the app works. You just put it on and then you do the breathing and like you'd feel amazing after. Oh my it's, gosh. It's crazy. I'm, I'm totally checking this out because like today, like you, you and I were talking about this before we came in. I've literally been on calls all day long. Yeah. It's like, you know, before you jump on your next call, it'd be great to just get energized Get ready for the next call. So I'm checking it out. All right. Well, where can everybody find you, Colin? If for, especially for the podcast, because this won't mm. drop until after I think your your program starts. Mm. Where can folks come find you, follow you, and we'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram a lot. So it's just at Colin Boyd with one L C O L I N B O Y D. We have our podcast as well, which is the Expert Edge podcast. And yeah, and the virtual stages training.com starts on the 22nd of April. So it runs for about two and a half weeks, actually, of people of training. So if it's in that, that zone, they can join there, but love to just connect on the podcast and things like that as well. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking time to show up on this podcast today and serve my community inside the Academy. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Melissa. Thanks for the conversation. Yay. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode. <music>